Hello, dear ones. Oh, it's so good to see all of you. Greetings in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. I am Reverend Dr. Lydia Waters, Senior Pastor of Pacoima First United Methodist Church in the beautiful city of Pacoima, California. Oh, my, we are so happy that you have joined our worship. Oh, we're going to all get gathered around. We're going to put a smile on our face, and we are going to give praise to God. And so we're going to begin with a song of praise to the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. And the words will appear, and we're going to join in with our Minister of Music, Sister Hope Carr, accompanied by her husband, Brother Darnell Carr. So let us sing praises to the Lord our God. Say it with me, say it with me, because when praises go up, Blessings come down. Lord, you are good. You've been so good. Lord, you are good. You've been better than good. I can't praise you enough. I owe you my life. I can't praise you enough, even if I tried, cause you've been so good, you've been so good, you've been so good, so good to me. lesson for today is found in the New Testament Gospel of John. John chapter 2 verses 13 through 22. John chapter 2 verses 13 through 22. And listen now for the word of the Lord. The Passover of the Jews was near and Jesus went up to Jerusalem and in the temple, he found people selling cattle and sheep and doves and the money changers seated at their tables. And so making a whip of cards, he drove all of them out of the temple, both the sheep and the cattle. 
And he also poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. He told those who were selling doves, take these things out of here. Stop making my father's house a marketplace. And his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. So the Jews then said to him, what sign can you show us for doing this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, This temple has been under construction for 46 years, and will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. And after he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. The word of God for the people of God. And now I want you to pray with and for me. Oh God, as I come before your people, Please fill me anew and afresh with the anointing of your Holy Spirit. And Lord, please allow the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, for you, you are my strength and you are my redeemer. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray it. Let everybody say with me, Amen. Our sermon topic for today is, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Beloved, our nation is now into a year and maybe a few months and some places in the world even longer where church buildings have gone dark and the doors locked because of this coronavirus pandemic. The pandemic I'm talking about has convinced me that this coronavirus outbreak is the possibly, possibly now, the greatest outreach opportunity and great awakening for the church worldwide that we have ever seen in our lifetime. <laughs> oh, child of God, just as Jesus was found in our text cleansing the temple and driving out all that was wrong, well, I believe that in one mighty breath of God, he has once again begun the process of angrily cleaning the temple by closing down our churches, our places of worship. Just as Jesus drove out the money changers and overthrew the tables, after he cleaned out the temple, the people did later return. And I imagine when they returned that, that they were changed for the better. I imagine they were changed. And as the Lord is once again cleaning his house, my question for us this morning is, what will we do when the church doors open again? Well, listen, when we forget that we as Christians, we are the temple of God's presence, both inside the church building and out into the world, we are the temple of God's presence. Uh, when we remember that, that when and only then 
then are we pleasing God when we remember. Now, one of our main problems as Christians is that we forget. And when we forget that all of creation is is the residence of, of God, when we forget that in whatever direction we might turn, there is the face of God just glazing upon us. When we forget that only God is worthy to be praised. When we forget that worship is all about God and not all about us. Well, as soon as we forget those things about ourselves, each other, the church or the world, life becomes people-designed business as usual. <laughs> and our attendance at church each week becomes nothing more than business as usual as we set business up to be. We set it up with human values, not divine values. Making the church building a dirty place with no sacred value. Just a building that looks different from our own houses. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Now, the gospel writer, Pastor John, begins by telling us the reason that Jesus went up to Jerusalem in the first place. Jesus went because this celebration of Passover was a time when God's power and protection of the Hebrews in Egypt was commemorated. And Jesus did so out of obedience because God commanded the Passover celebration. He went up to Jerusalem because this was an opportunity to worship God in his holy temple. Jesus went because he knew what was coming and he needed only what the real church was supposed to be endowed to offer. But what did Jesus find when he arrived at the temple? Oh, just maybe the same thing that he would find when he visited many of our churches today when the doors were open. When Jesus went into the temple, he did not find worshipers, but a market setting, which included buying and selling and bartering and taking advantage of the poor. He saw the glory of his father's house turned into a place where those who had set up trade within the temple grounds cheated the poor. He saw selling and bartering, not worship. He saw great profit, not great praise. So Jesus' blood began to boil and his anger was stirred up. Oh, yes, Jesus experienced anger. His zeal for his father's church, for his father's house, and his need to glorify God through worship. His father consumed him with zeal. Oh, the temple was supposed to be the place where people joined together to worship God, to pray, and where the Bible was to be read and preached. Oh, but no one could hear the sermon for the bidding wars and the activity and the noise going on outside. There was no sense of order, of holiness unto God in this temple. The temple had lost its sacredness. And because of that, Jesus became very angry. Lord have mercy. Oh, my beloved, Jesus was just sick and tired of witnessing these church swindlers taking advantage of the people. 
He was sick and tired of the worship of God being defamed by crooks. So he gets angry and he makes a whip. And he goes to work to clean the temple. Can you imagine the commotion and the dust and the storm rising from the temple courts that day? Jesus walking around, throwing a whip. Lambs were running. Coins were rolling all over the courtyard. Those engaged in profiting for the poor worshipers were running for their lives. And it wasn't from an army or a gathering of the local police. No, it was one strong man named Jesus with a passion for his father's house and a whip. Somebody say amen. Oh, child of God. I believe we are at that same point in history again. No, Jesus has not returned with a whip to clean out the church. This, this time with a mighty breath of God, he has turned out our lights and closed the doors to the church, the place of worship. And I wonder if the church is going to respond or ignore. Church, do we hear the voice of God? Speaking to his church in this pandemic. Here is the question for church members to ask ourselves. How are we going to act when we go back inside? Oh God, let me say this. Let me say this again. Jesus took a whip and cleaned out the temple. Because the people in charge had lost the glory script and were perpetuating injustice and confusion. Oh, it was a mess. Doing things their way. Using the church as a clubhouse, as a marketplace, as a racket. Using the church for their convenience. Doing all kinds of things, but not the things they were commanded to do in the word of God because many of them didn't even know the word of God thinking it was their church to do what they wanted oh my God they had forgotten who church it really was and that's sinful please hear me hear me today now it was and it will forever be God's church Jesus says, on this rock I, Jesus, build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Oh, listen, I believe, I believe this season that we're in, God has done the same thing again, because we have too many pastors and laity, young and old, picking and choosing what they intend, what they want for God's church to They've taken what God has established and flipped it for the purpose of doing it their way. Let's just take a look. In many pulpits today, preachers want to look like the world. Mm -hmm. Wearing muscle shirts and sports jerseys, preaching with baseball caps on their head, preaching in ripped up jeans, preaching in tight jeans, praise team in the pulpit, Pastor and preachers now in the pews. These days, their, their apparel does not identify who a preacher is, who a pastor is. Doctors wear white coats. Police and fire persons wear uniforms to identify themselves in the world. What in the world is going on? 
Because we find in Exodus chapter 28, verse 1, these words. It says, separate the priests from the people. Oh, God. Make priestly garments that provide dignity and beauty. 2 Corinthians 6.17 says, Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord. The Bible has everything we need to know about church. If God didn't intend for us to follow the word of God today, then he would have placed an expiration date on it. What happened to the focus of Pentecost, acts of the Holy Spirit in the church? That was never supposed to cease. Pastors tell their congregation that was for another time and another people. That miracles, signs, and wonders was for another time and another. The devil is a liar. People today are treating God's word like soured milk and throwing it out because to them it has expired and served its time. Oh, Lord, have mercy on us. Please listen, listen. Churches may change their name. The building may be more modern. They may change their style of worship. Praise teams uh, may replace the choir, phones, and tablets. Oh, they may have digital words replacing the printed word. The pulpit may change. The way we connect to people may change. However, but, but, one thing that can never change is having the anointing. Of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only thing that can break the yokes. The anointing is the only thing that can break the yokes of bondage. Child of God, today people are in need of miraculous signs and wonders done by us who call ourselves Christians as God's instruments. Jesus said that. When the Holy Spirit comes, we will do greater things than he did. People are looking for something transrational and supernatural. People are searching for their souls. People want to give attention and direction to their heart. Enough of the mind, enough. People want to experience peace and joy and power that we can only find in God. But the church can't. Set the world free until we are set free. We can't give the world something that we don't possess ourselves. There are people who have been crippled by sin. And they need a church that believes in operating in the liberty, grace, love, forgiveness, and healing through the power of the Holy the world isn't looking for a church or people that are lifeless and people-centered. People need a church that has been set on fire by the Holy Spirit. People are in need of a church where there is liberty to worship God. A church where the wind of God is blowing and the fire of God is burning. Oh my God. When the Holy Spirit has liberty, we will see the gifts of the Spirit in operation by Christians all the time. Everywhere a Christian goes, everything a Christian does will be a blessing to all people. How are we going to act when we go back in the building? 
child of God. Can you can you see it? Do you do you not perceive it? God has overturned the tables and not only put out the money changes, but he has turned the lights out completely and locked the doors. No praise teams, no flag teams, no stomp teams, no mind ministry, no praise dancers, no organs and keyboards. Now the focus of our worship, our soul, our minds, our hearts, our spirits has been placed completely on the Lord God Almighty. Because at a time like this, no one can save us and rescue us but God. The Lord God Almighty shut it all down. How much of our nonsense did we think God would put up with? Huh? Beloved, how are we going to act when we go back in the church building? Oh, child of God, this lesson and these times offer us a priceless and critical wake-up call. Wake up. This is another great awakening. Let us not make Jesus angry ever again. Let us not grieve the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's time to go deeper. Time to climb up the ladder to the next dimension. Time to do it right. Time to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. No distractions allowed. Time to love our neighbors as we love ourselves without any excuses. Oh, it's time. It's time to get it right. And I pray. I pray, I pray that this lesson, through the eyes of this pandemic, shows us again how important true worship of God I pray also that we see the need to always be reforming and refining and tweaking worship practices, to be more in line with the scriptures and filled with the Holy Spirit. God is looking for those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. Let it be me. Let it be you. Oh, Lord, let it be us. Oh, my dearly beloved, my dearly beloved child of God, how are we going to act when we go back inside the church building? The songwriter says it like this. Lord, prepare me now to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, and with thanksgiving I'll be a living sanctuary for you. What are we going to do? We're going to do it right. Amen. And now, dear ones, for those of you who have been provided the service of home communion, I ask that you pick up your service and join me now in Holy Communion. The peace of the Lord be always with you. God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And now together, let us pray together as Jesus taught us to pray. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us now our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all that is evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Jesus invites us, come to me all ye that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. And so we invite all of you now, all of us, to spiritually night. As the saints of the church in heaven and on earth, as we partake of the Lord's Supper that has been consecrated, all of your elements I have myself consecrated. According to the Gospel of Luke, when our risen Lord was at table with his disciples, he took bread and blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. And then their eyes were open, and they recognized him. Take the bread. This is the body of Jesus Christ, the bread of life, broken for you and for me. Amen. Taking the cup. This is the blood of Jesus Christ, the cup of salvation, shed for you and for me. Thank you, Jesus. And now, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with each and every one of you. In the name of Jesus, let us all say,